Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. You're ready to move on from your RV, and there's a number in your head. If you could get that number, you'd sell your RV. Think about that number right now. How do you find someone to give you that number? Could place an ad online. Maybe someone will bite. How much time have you got? Do you want that number sometime in the next year, or do you want it a little sooner? Here's another number for you to think about, right, Rick? That's right, Bob. The number is 319,000. That's how many people shopped No Bull RV last year online or in person looking to buy a used RV just like yours. 319,000. Hey Rick, how do you get so many folks to come see you? Easy Bob, No Bull has two high visibility locations. We run thousands of digital ads and radio commercials like this one. People come from hundreds of miles away to see all the quality used RVs at No Bull. And if you'd like us to sell yours for you, it's easy. Just tell me your number. And that's NobleRV.ca. Welcome back to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm Dave Young, and Steve Semple is here uh, with, with another topic for me. Well, and you. It's not just a conversation between Stephen and I. We, we invite you to participate. So today's topic, I, I've not heard of this product, I don't think. I mean, unless it's, unless it's, it's, it's a sunscreen called Sunbum. Is that what yeah, you said? Sunbum. Yep, B-U-M. So I'm not familiar with it. I hesitate to guess. Uh, let's hear the story. The reason why you want to listen to this story, so let me tickle your interest because there may be a bunch of people who may not have heard about this business. It was founded in 2009, and okay. nine years after founding, it was sold to S.C. Johnson for the tune of $400 million. Nice. That's a. That's Do a I now cool have your attention? Percent. Oh, absolutely. Tell you why I haven't heard of it. I came indoors in 2009, and I haven't gone out again since. Yeah, that may be it. it. So it said, founded in 2009, nine years later, sold to S.C. Johnson for 400 million dollars. So when you see something like that, it catches my attention. So one of the main players behind Sunbum is a guy by the name of Tom Ranks, and Tom grew up in Long Beach, California, and then he moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan where he studied art at Hope College. And after graduating from college, he worked at a chain furniture store where he was on, you know, straight commission, one of these eat what you kill stores. Mm -hmm. But he did well enough. He was able to support his wife. She was able to stay at home with the kids. And he talks about in interviews that this was really important because he learned how to sell. And it's so important Mm. knowing how to sell. And he really learned how emotional the sales process is. So five years after being at Art Vance Furniture, he becomes a sales manager. And and part of the reason he becomes a sales manager is he learns what to do to make sales. So So an example is if you have a woman sitting on a leather couch, he would send over a guy to talk to the woman and talk to her about how soft and sexy and smooth the leather is. (laughs) If there was a man sitting on the couch, he would send a woman over to talk about how strong and cool and rugged and sexy the couch is, but that it would use that language. 
If it was a family, he would send over you, Dave, an older guy, to talk about how good an investment it is. (laughs) (laughs) He would send over an older guy to talk about how great an investment it is and easy to clean. Oh, yeah. Same couch, three different messages, right? No, Steve, this would never work because we are completely rational beings. Correct. Absolutely. These kinds of things would never fool anyone. (laughs) Never fool anyone. But what he keyed into onto, it's what the customer wants to feel. Yeah. So it's what they want to feel about the product. He would even do things like he would do announcements of furniture pickups, even if there was none. You know, uh, furniture pickup in, uh, you know, Bay 3 for, you know, the Johnsons just to create this impression of things selling. And he found when he did that, they sold more. Yeah. So he learned all of these things about creating impression and what the customer feels that informed him later in life. So he started doing this side gig as t-shirts. So he's at a beach one day in Michigan and he sees these surfers on the water, which him being from California was a big shock. He's like, People surf in friggin' Michigan? Surfers in Michigan? And so he decides to sketch this cartoon of an old guy on a surfboard waiting for the big one, right? (laughs) And he titled it Surf Michigan. So he created this t-shirt called Surf Michigan, and the whole thing was waiting for the big one with this old guy on a board. And one day on his lunch break, he decides to call Myers, which is a big store in the Michigan area. It's kind of like a Target, right? Yeah, yeah. And he asked to speak to the surfwear buyer uh-huh. because he's a rep for a surf line is how he positions himself. <laughs> and he gets a chance to do a presentation. He's in Meyer, and he goes into the, the room where he's supposed to. There's this great big huge rack where you can put all your wearers out to show the buyer. And he has this one T-shirt that one he t-shirt. hangs up on, on the <laughs> rack. And when the buyer comes in and looks at the one T-shirt, he's like, he comes clean with with the rep and he says like i'm not a rep for a line i was just at the beach and i created this one t-shirt but she you know what she decides to look at it anyway she looks at it and she buys 1800 of the shirts there you go he then goes out and he buys 1800 haynes t-shirts and takes them over to a local he's got to make them now yeah they've been sold as them, <laughs> as them printed and he does this for a couple of years Okay. And the next thing he notices, he's in Ann Arbor and the basketball team, like the Michigan State basketball team, is doing really well and it's really blowing up. And he looks to buy a Michigan shirt with a basketball and he couldn't find anything. So he goes to the University of Michigan and he gets a licensing, which today would not be possible. Like, like he yeah. literally went to the university because at the time it was done in-house at the school. Today, yeah. it's now all centrally run. But he creates a T-shirt called Slam Dance for the University of Michigan, which is a guy swinging from a rim. And he took it to the university and he sold a bunch of them on campus. He went to the campus stores and he ended up selling like 10,000 shirts. Hmm. He does this with a couple of other schools. And in the process of doing this, he meets a guy by the name of Joel Shields, who's also making shirts and doing these really great designs. So they decide to start a company together. But the stuff wasn't selling all that well. Then one day he saw a picture of Madonna with her chihuahua called Chiquita. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they decide to make this line of shirts called Psycho Chihuahua. So they make this like psycho looking chihuahua and they put these words on it, things like bite me, big dogs suck, stuff along that (laughs) lines. And they end up selling tens of thousands of them. 
So they go to this superstore for apparel and it's just blowing up. And then they decide to go to a licensing show in New York. So it's one of these shows. It's held in the Travitt Center in New York. And they get a booth. And it's one of these shows where everybody goes to who wants to do licensing. And there's lots of buzz around it. And Taco Bell come to their booth. And they decide to do a licensing deal with Taco Bell. So they do these designs. They create these commercials. They create toys, all sorts of stuff. And one day... All of a sudden, Taco Bell stops taking their calls, and they've been designing these TV commercials and all sorts of things for them. And this is 1997, and so they thought the idea was dead until one day the ad runs. Do you remember the whole Taco Bell? Taco Bell, yeah. They created that idea. Okay. And the first three commercials were exactly what they created, but Taco Bell cut them out of it. So they decide to sue Taco Bell. And it takes them five years, and they end up suing Taco Bell for $40 million. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Nice one. Thanks. We should do this more often, man. I wish we could. And why can't we? It's my business. What about it? Thought everything was good. It was. Do I hear a but in there? Sales have started to flatten, and we're down over last year. Oh. Can't figure it out. Tried a bunch of stuff. Putting in more time doesn't seem to make a difference. Yikes. It's frustrating. Have you spoken to Steven? Who? The host from the podcast we just interrupted? No. Why not? I thought you were trying stuff. I am, but what's Steven going to do? He'll work with you for free. You mean that starter session thing? Yep. I don't know. What do you have to lose? Not much, I guess. So, you going to book one? Yeah, why not? Where do I do it again? I think you can do it right from this podcast. Cool. Thanks. You bet. We really should do this more often. Golf more or interrupt this podcast? Over to you, Dave. Book your starter session on this podcast website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com. And click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So my recollection of that campaign, and it's, correct me if I'm wrong, like it didn't, it didn't actually bump Taco Bell's sales, but it did spike the sales of Chihuahuas in the U.S. And you're right, but the other thing it did is it actually killed their T-shirt business because they had that psycho Taco Bell T-shirt business, and suddenly it's the knockoff, and people wanted the real stuff, right? <laughs> So their business like literally dies and end up shutting it down. They do sue Taco Bell. And in this process, Tom Rinks meets Rene Canetti and they become partners. And Rene's from Copenhagen and he does these great brand designs. And they get involved with this nonprofit that they're working with. And from the result of the nonprofit in 2007, they decide to start a branding agency together. And the deal that they did in this branding agency is they would always get a piece of the company. So they would do the okay. work for a fee, plus get a piece of a company. And they did all sorts of brands, such as high-end tequila. Then in 2009, they're approached to do sunscreen. And it's, it's a, a friend from school days, and they're asked to take a look at it. And there's quite a wealthy backer to this whole business. And they had a name and a concept, but it was losing money. And the name was terrible. The names were terrible. The concepts were terrible. One of the names was called Sunbum. And it was clip art of this guy hanging in this uh, hammock. And basically, Tom Rink says to them, these ideas are absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. 
they asked him to look at it and, and he knew the beach world and he saw this gigantic yeah. hole. There was all these big players, but there was no interesting, authentic brands. So at first he ditches all the names. At first he ditches them all. And here's how his process is. It's a three month process. They do a month of research, a month of thinking and a month of design. And one day they're looking around and they're going for lunch and they pass by a museum of contemporary art and they saw furniture and they were really attracted to the wood grain and curves. And so they decide to put a wood grain pattern on the bottle. And if you look at the bottles today, it's got this wood grain pattern. Yeah, so while, while we were talking, I, I, I Googled them just to see the images of the, of the product. Yeah. And, and I, once I saw that, I know I've seen this product before. It do go indoors in, in stores and Walmarts and things like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's the sunscreen stuff. Oh, yeah, I recognize it. And like what often happens with you and I, Dave, and we were sharing earlier about how there's a new client that we're working with where I started off hating the name and then all of a sudden something happens and you end up loving the name because you can create mm-hmm. a campaign around it. He hated the name Sunbum until he came across this idea of trust the bum, protect your lazy yeah. bum. Then it yeah. all came together. And he's like, wait a minute, we can make this work, but we need a character. He was like, we need mm-hmm. a character and not a surf character because that's too on the nose. Right? And again, we often talk about these things where if it's too on the nose, it's not interesting. They created a monkey and then it ended up becoming an ape. And they looked at all sorts of different art designs and they ended up landing on Japanese street art. And okay. so yeah. they looked at it, they created this monkey that's this kind or not this monkey, this ape that's kind of this Japanese street art who's this badass ape wearing glasses that just stands out, Mm -hmm. just totally stands out. So what they started to do is they created the image of the ape, no words, but could be put on anything. Didn't even say some bump, no words. You could put it on footballs, you put it on hats, you could put it on towels, had no names, and they would go to a surf area and just sticker the crap out of everything. They would put the stickers wherever they could find it. (laughs) And so they went to the surf expo at Orlando, and there was this great, buzz for Sunbum. People kept coming up saying, I want more of the stickers. I want more of the stickers. And this created this whole buzz around Sunbum because people were asking, like literally radio stations would be getting calls going like, what is this ape that we keep seeing everywhere? Oh, wow. That's awesome. So just guerrilla marketing. I mean, that's, that's the guerrilla, literally guerrilla marketing. Literally. Here's the part that was really, really interesting is they would create these ones without the name. They were bold enough to do it without the name. Uh And this created this real buzz. And in the first year, they sold $100,000 worth of product. In year two, 1.1 million. Mm. Nine Mm -hmm. years later, they're selling enough that they get bought for $400 $400 million. And at this point, Tom had shut down the advertising agency and he was actually uh, brought on to run the business. So he had done that pivot. But here's one of the other things that they did that was also interesting. He understood display and the idea of needing the seam bigger. Remember the lesson they had from the furniture store, you know, stuff selling out the back, making oh, sure. it seem yeah. bigger. So when a store approached them to run their line, they couldn't just pick up a couple of things. They had to take this entire display. So they built this display that had frisbees and footballs and then a gorilla on the top of it and all sorts of product. They really held their own on that. No, you've got to take the entire display. So everything seemed bigger and more glamorous and, and stronger and whatnot. And, you know, they ended up really blowing up the sunscreen business and, and being this huge success. That's an amazing story. And, and I think, I think it's, what's cool about it is, is 
there are loads of industries where there are, are so many products and such a wide, diverse range of products that there's an opportunity for somebody to come in and just shake things up and stand out, right? To just yes. do things differently, be bold about your marketing, be bold about how you're getting yourself recognized in, in your core demographic. This has got to be in a textbook somewhere, right? This is exactly how you do this. Well, and, and what I found very interesting was this whole idea of the original stickers that they made did not have the company name on it. If you do a, a Google search for Sun Bum logo and look at images, you'll see loads of these stickers. That have, yeah, you're right. They have, it's just the gorilla face, no logo, yeah. nothing. And, right. and it's just mostly stickers. Yeah. And what they knew is if people got fascinated with it, they would figure it out. Yeah. And when you figure it out, you feel involved. It became one of those, if you know, you know. Yes. Right? It's, it's kind of an insider thing. People that know, know, and they, they recognize the stickers. And they, they, you wouldn't know if you weren't part of the sun-seeking crowd. And it like, made it I cool. I didn't know, right? right. Uh, I was not part of the sun-seeking crowd in, in, uh, in that time. Would you put that sticker on your surfboard if it had the company name on it? No. Probably not. Yeah. Would you put the sticker on your surfboard where it's this cool gorilla with this attitude? Absolutely. Yeah. You'd put it on, on the back window of your car. Yes. Right? And you're saying to other drivers, I'm one of you. Uh, if, if you know yeah. what this is, I'm one of you. We, we are yes. like-minded. We go to the beach. We surf. We do all the things that take place in the sun. Meanwhile, so many customers is like, oh, no, I got to get the logo and I got to get the name. And yeah. I got to also, oh, geez, I also got to let them know what it is I sell and do. And it's like, not necessarily. And then not all of a sudden you're at the store just, just looking for some sunscreen. And yeah, there's all the copper tone crap. There's all the other stuff. And it's like, oh, look at this. The Gorilla, the, uh, the product range. Um, I'm going to feel like I, I'm, I'm a little bit cooler than I really am if I buy one of these. See, and there's where you're brilliant, Dave. And this is where this campaign was brilliant. If we put the stickers around, what we mm -hmm. know is a person buys sunscreen in the store. When they go walking into the store, they're now going to see, because remember, again, they insisted on the big display. Yeah. They're going to see the big display and go, oh, my God, I didn't realize that was sunscreen. That's I'm going to buy is. some. Yeah, they're That's gonna what that the is. Dots. You're going to yeah. connect the dots. And in that yeah. moment, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm now part of that hip in crowd. And when you connect the dots, you're going to get a little bit of a dopamine rush. Yes. You're going to feel a little sense of accomplishment. Yes. Right? You're going to feel like you're part of it. And, and you've, so what you've done is, is they gave the consumer an opportunity to participate in this little quest of finding, finding something out. Yes. Right. You, you keep a little bit of mystery hidden. And uh, when people find it, there's a delight factor to it that um, you can't you can't plan that. And you well, you can plan it, but you certainly don't want to say it in your ads. Yes. Right. Well, as soon as you say it, the mystery is gone. So to me, it was a brilliant marketing campaign brilliant marketing campaign and a bold marketing campaign. And again, what Tom learned a lot of this from, it's about how you make people feel. He learned that in his experience in the furniture business and then creating these really cool ideas like, you know, the chihuahua and whatnot. He knew, okay, if we create this thing and people connect with this thing, they want it. When I came across, I was like, wow. And, and, and to start a business and then nine years later to be selling it for that type of price, you've done something like you've You've really moved mountains. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool story. Maybe I'll go outdoors now. <laughs> I live in Texas, and we're recording this in August. I'm probably not going out. <laughs> no, not for another couple of months. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see you at happy hour in October. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, David. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at theempirebuilderspodcast.com.